Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed. And I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Katrina Jones to the podcast or YouTube channel. Now, I've known Katrina for a number of years now. I've been working with her in, uh, on and off for a good couple of years. And she's got a fabulous story that I've asked her to come along and share today. So welcome, Katrina, to Leadership Revealed. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing anyway? Absolutely awesome. Thank you. Really, really well. Great. So can you just give us a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of Katrina, where you came from, how you got into property, because you're you're very unusual for a, um, a letting agent. You've been in the property education space, you're developing, you do all sorts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My story starts way, way back, so I'll nutshell it. Um, but I, I actually left the UK when I was 19, had one of those kind of life epiphany moments and I changed my name and sold my car, entered a relationship, bought one way ticket and just kind of disappeared off and and travelled for a little while. Um, And I didn't know anything about business, entrepreneurship. I'd been a, a secretary in an accountancy firm whilst I was a teenager. So I finally made it to Melbourne and was blessed enough to meet um, a wonderful lady who was a mentor to me for many, many years. She owned this amazing sales and marketing company and I went to work for her on 100% commission. And that was probably one of the most character building things I've ever done. I was kind of out in the streets selling stuff. And as you can probably imagine, you get you get told all sorts. And so that was really, that was really fun. Um, but it made me realize through that process that when you've got the right mentor and when you've got a really solid goal that you it's happening or it's happening you're just unstoppable and so it kind of created this fire in my belly that I'd never had before of seeing what was possible and seeing how much I could grow and what I could achieve and create so after about five years in that career I left and I came back to the UK And I actually didn't know what I wanted to do, but a a friend said to me, you should do property. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that meant. I thought either you buy a house or you rent a house, what are the other options? And I was taken to this amazing property event where I found out, oh my God, there are all these different strategies and you can replace your income and then like you don't have to work for someone else. And it blew my mind. And so I ended up, choosing this option where I did all the property courses that were available to make sure that the strategy I picked was the right one. So I didn't get this thing of, oh, but what's that? Or what's that? And when I did the rent to rent course, I was like, oh my God, this was made for me. Mm. It's simple, it's quick, it's fun, it's fast, fast cash flow. So that was it, 2012, I committed to rent to rent and the rest is history. It's been so much fun. Can you just explain for people who don't know rent to rent what what exactly is it? Yeah, sure. So there's a few different variations of the strategy, but the 
the, the way that we do it is we'll take um, a shared home. So the technical term for it is a HMO. So we'll take an existing HMO, a student property or a current professional let, and we'll guarantee the landlord the rent per month. But then we zhuzh it up a little bit, maybe invest a little bit in or not, investment isn't necessary. And then we'll rent it out for a little more um, and make the margin like that. Correct. How, why would, because I mean, I've done lease options and rent to rents and HMOs and stuff like that. So why would a landlord give you a property where you're paying them, say, £800 a month and then you make £1,500 a month? Why wouldn't he just go make £1,500 a month? I mean, I know the answer, but just, just yeah. for <laughs> Yeah, sure. People do ask me this question all yeah. the time. And I, and there's a couple of different answers, really. But if you look at the high street, when you look at agencies, there's not usually one or two. There's usually like an entire row of agencies. And, you know, why would they, why would someone give their property to an agent and make, you know, 80 or 90% of the rent if they could do it themselves and make 100% of the rent? And the simple answer is they don't want to. Yeah. Landlords don't buy property because they're really excited to deal with the tenants' complaints and fix the wobbly door. Most landlords buy property as an investment and their dream is to sit back and let the, the money roll in, the mortgage get paid off and not have to put any energy time or effort into it the margin isn't a problem for landlords because we actually guarantee pretty much what they already get if not bang on what they already get but we have a system that enables us to charge a lot more than a standard agency or a standard landlord so it's a win-win they get what they were getting anyway and then we get that little bit on top which will always be a minimum of about 600 700 per month per property Great. And you built your Kendall Bailey, your letting agency, on the back of those rent-to-rents, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. Great. And how did you grow that? So when I imagine, taking it a step before that, you you took on the properties and thought, hang on a minute, I can do pretty well here. If I can grow and scale this business, I can have an agency as well as a rent-to-rent business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the beautiful thing about it is once you've nailed one strategy – it kind of feeds into anything you want to do. Once you've got the systems and the team and the infrastructure, you can kind of add bits and pieces on and do it in whichever way you like. Was there a point where you thought you got to a certain size and you went, I've got to take this serious now? Or from day one, did you say, I'm going to be number one businesswoman, I know where this is going to go? Or was it sort of an evolving thing? (laughs) I mean, you call it evolving. It was almost a bit of an accident because... (laughs) You know, I got I I came off the course and I was like, oh my god, that's it! I'm gonna do these ten rent to rents and make this ten grand a month, and that was the that was the ultimate dream. Then when I went away and I did my figures, which is something I really urge people to do, is to look at your finances, look at your lifestyle, and ask yourself how much income do I actually need versus this kind of made up, never ending figure that you could kind of chase forever and ever for a starting point. So when I worked it out, I was like, oh my God, I actually only need six to not have to work for anybody else, to have a part-time admin to do all the paperwork, which I hated, to um, give my mum some income so that she doesn't have to work the amount of jobs that she was working. Um, and that was it. It was it was so exciting because it was all so new. So I did my first six 
in the first six months and I just sat back and was like this is real this is so doable um and it was at that point that I realized if I wanted to continue to grow it I did need to treat it as more of a business because it was just a sideline strategy you know whereas I realized this this needs to be done properly if I want it to scale I think you found a really good niche as well. You're more like a boutique letting agency. Not only did you have a certain type of strategy, you did your properties to a high-end specification. I know your offices were done up really well and your branding was really good. Was that a conscious decision to go sort of high-end or premium-end from the get-go? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Having moved to York, I lived in some of these shared houses myself back in the day, and they were all standard kind of minimum expense student properties that it like the carpet was like you know a millimeter thick and (laughs) you think if I move it I'm going to go through it and and I just thought wow there's nothing shared that is actually as nice as you'd want your own home so but when I say that we didn't start putting in like 15 20 thousand pounds investments because they're not our assets so it wasn't necessary but we got the perfect specification to do an entire property for somewhere between kind of four to six thousand um and it's the little things just the artwork or the curtains or the light shades that make it more when we say high end we're not talking the rates but it's not like your student property next door and that's the difference Mm. Just making sure your properties are slightly better than your competitors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you when you started the business and you sort of grew the business, were you doing everything from day one or did you delegate? Are you a natural delegate or do you do it all yourself? Oh, it's such a good question. It's been such a journey. So when I started, I did everything myself. Yeah. I was of the mindset that hard work was what, created success Mm -hmm. I also had a limiting belief that I was unaware of when I started which was I wasn't deserving of not really doing much but making lots and lots of money like there was a kind of a guilt that came with it as well so I started off solo um, and then it was around property five or six where I thought and obviously this was back in the day if I print off one more AST this print is going out the window If I have to deal with one more tenant saying, when's the cleaner coming? It just, I realized that the admin side of it wasn't my strength. It wasn't the thing that excited me. So that's when I hired my first part-time admin. So she took on all of the tenant facing stuff and all of the paperwork. And then from there, as I built, I built the team as the company grew. Great. And was there many challenges along the way, I imagine? Yes, there were. Or I think I think the 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 most important thing to say is I I got to the stage within a within a few years of that point where I was able to completely be hands-free of the company. So it was, you know, a half an hour call a day to the company manager to check in on a high level um, and was able to, you know, live in Dubai, go live down in Cornwall and just travel about the place and not have to physically be there and not have to constantly be in it, which was really nice. But I think the biggest, the biggest challenge for me along the way was that whilst I loved leading, I'd never learned how to manage. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I had this 
this big team. I think at, at one point there were maybe seven of us and I thought, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what people should be doing and I know how it should be going, but on the days that it's not, I don't know what to do. Um, so I think the biggest challenge I had was learning how to how to oscillate from management to leadership, when which one was necessary and how to do it powerfully um, because I just I cared a lot about the team. So I was very kind of wrapping everyone up in cotton wool. And as you know, that doesn't create powerful leaders. It kind of does the opposite. So that for me was by far my biggest challenge, but we got there in the end. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, the two things to, to know, I always use you as my sort of shining example of how you can systemize a business under three months. Because yeah. I remember when we were working together on that, and every time I spoke to you, you were like, right, I've wrote another dozen procedures, right, I've ordered, uh, trained the staff. I was like, blow my neck. Like, it was just... It was just constant. I just remember you working your butt off for, for those three months. But at the end of it, you had this really in-depth manual. You trained the team. You were auditing them. You were feedback and review. You, it was just so quick. I mean, it was a lot of work, but so worthwhile, wasn't it? Oh, JP is it probably one of the most liberating things I've ever done in my life was to understand and implement systemization because I didn't know it was a thing. Um and it, fill, it filled in the gaps, the gifts that you gave me when we worked together filled in, it was like gaps that I didn't know were gaps, you know? And I think that's, that's when it's golden because yeah. I thought, oh, I didn't know that there were tools I didn't have. I yeah. just thought it was me. I had the wrong personality or like I wasn't doing something right. Whereas once I had the the skills matrix and the quarterly staff reviews and the training, the actual training. Um, it, we had like a schedule for training. So yeah. every time someone nailed a system, they ticked it off and they couldn't say, oh, I didn't know. Da, da, da. Once it all came together, I looked and I went, oh, my God, this is how people build massive companies and aren't tearing their hair out. Like it, it made so much sense. I had so much missing in my knowledge. You don't know what you don't know, though, do you? It's like... <laughs> when you start a business, I think the people like you and myself and most of the people listening, we're entrepreneurs, we're, we're leaders because we're leading from the front, we're taking the risks. That's not what a manager is. A manager is your steady Eddie who, who likes coaching, speaks to the staff, understands the business objectives, but managers tend not to start businesses. So it's a bit of a, um, from a leader to go into a management role, it's it's quite tough, I find. Did you it, find that quite tough at the same time? Yeah, it was the hardest thing. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because my leadership style was just like full throttle. I pulled to the metal forward and just come on, guys. (laughs) And then there's all these details and things might not get done the way I want them done or might get missed. And yeah, it it was really nice to finally understand that with the right systems, you... You pick the perfect person for the role and then you just you just implement the systems, you train them, you teach them how it's done and it makes their life a hundred times easier as yeah. well because leaving things up to luck or osmosis or whether or not they're having a good day or how much common sense they've got, it's just a, it's just a risky playing field, isn't it? Oh, massively. We always find that if you don't have the structure, then your team take the mick or, or, or some of them will. And if you haven't got that structure in place to pull them back in line, 
then it's just you just open yourself up to a whole host of problems. Um, how did your team react to this? Were, were they all, yeah, this is great, Kat, thanks very much? Or were some people saying, oh, what do we need these for? We're finding the way we are. Or was it a mixture of both? I think it was definitely a mixture of both. Um, but I think when you implement systems into a team, if you haven't had them from the very beginning, it, it's definitely how you present it yeah. and kind of how you phrase it. So I, I made sure that, I explained to them that it was in their best interest, you know, so when one of them goes on holiday, they don't have to be laying on the beach with a cocktail in one hand, but their phone in the other, because the person that stepped into the role has no idea what they're doing. And every five minutes they're like, where's this saved? What do I do here? So it creates freedom for the team. Um, But then also there was the case of, you know, we were, we were growing as a company. So, you know, when individuals get promoted, they don't have to spend three months training and kind of spoon feeding the new person. They can hand over this manual and go, here's your job. And I'm going to show you each thing once, then you're going to do it. Then we're going to tick it off and then you're done. You know, so it gave people the scope to, to move up and move around in the company as well. So, and also I really was so excited to discover what systems were I was waking up at 3am and I was thinking just one just one and I'd come in and I'd quickly type one out and then I think oh just one more and I couldn't sleep because it was the freedom that it created for me and the team was so it was the most exciting thing so when they saw me coming in with all the coffees and you know being like right we're power hour and every day that they were just in because they they knew that it was a, a great thing for everyone, you know. So alongside this, you were running an education company as well, the rent on rent to rents. Yes. How how was how did that go? Because it's the very sort of there's a lot of symbiotic relationship there, but it's also quite different. One one is purely teaching people, one is you know helping your landlords. How how did that work? Yeah, so it was great because my um my key administrator at the time was also supporting me on education. So she was dealing with all of the invoicing and the payments and sending out directions to the events and things like that. Um, But to be honest, at the time, at that specific time, whilst I was systemizing, the educational company was a little bit more organic. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have that completely systemized like a well-oiled machine that was just bringing in these amazing individuals that wanted to build their own rent to rent company. It was a bit more like I do a Facebook post here or an Instagram post there or the odd email to my database or maybe get invited to speak at an event and I just naturally fill up a course. So it was it was fine because I was able to give most of my attention to the rent to rent company and education kind of ticked along nicely in the background at that point. How, are you doing any of the training at the minute or are you taking a bit of a break from it all? How, how was that? Yeah, I'm still doing the training again. It, so nowadays it is a very well-oiled machine, but I'm very lucky because I can switch it on and switch it off. It's like there's this button and when I press it, I'm like, oh, strap yourself in, cat. Uh. <laughs> Everything kind of switches on and then it all starts coming in. So um, at the moment, the machine is off because there's a couple of things that I'm doing. Um, 
separate to that but but because because things are out there with Kendall Bailey education there'll always be a natural yeah. trickle so I'll have people come along and the whole course is online now so you know I'll often sell a course or someone will join my one-on-one mentorship but it's a bit more organic but around about September time I'm going to strap in and switch on and off we go again <laughs> Great, great. And you've got some news about the, the letting agency, what, what's happened recently? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and the, I think the main thing is, JP, is that it wasn't really the plan. It wasn't It wasn't an exit plan and it yeah. wasn't a part of the strategy. But um, in April this year, Kendall Bailey officially sold to great. two amazing buyers. Um in a nutshell, I so we got through COVID. That was a challenge. I won't lie. <laughs> that yeah. was the biggest challenge I've ever had in business. Um, but I'm the biggest believer in the world that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And to see the business model sustain through a time where so many businesses were closing down. Um, and to see it come out the other side stronger, it made me see the value of the business and the business model more so than I'd ever seen it before, you know. Um, and so I ended up, it, it did hit us hard. I ended up actually going back on the field, getting the portfolio back up to 100%. And um, we had to deal with a redundancy and someone was promoted and there was a bit of an internal configuration, but we came out the other side and it it was a year of really hard work from everyone. And when we came out, I was like, guys, we have nailed this. Our rents were, were stronger than ever. We've now been at over 99% occupancy for a year. Wow. So we, we were like, okay, no more BS. Like we've got to do this so well. Um, and it strengthened us as a team, as well as strengthening each individual in the team as well. So, yeah, like I say, we came out the other side and I was like, oh, my God, this, this business is so valuable. It's such a robust, strong, you know, machine. So I got an email, actually, in my inbox that said, oh, have you ever thought about selling your business? And I just thought it was spam. So I just deleted it. Yeah. And then I got a second one. And then on the third one, I thought, you know, it'd be really interesting just to find out what the company's worth because I didn't have a clue. I'd never had it valued. And it and I thought that I'd just have the business, you know, for another 10 years. And when I had it valued, I thought, wow, this is such a great idea. So I ended up with a really, really, you know me, yeah. <laughs> the longest list of criteria ever for how I would need it to sell for me to be willing to sell it yeah. and how it would need to go, what the buyers would need to be like, the, the way that it would have to be structured as a share sale and all of that stuff. Um, and a few bits happened along, along the way, but I was finally introduced to this amazing couple who are husband and wife, and they're also business partners, Kimberly and Ben. They're phenomenal. And their background in business and the industries they've come from is like I like to say about my previous yeah. career, it's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if you've done that, then this will be a walk in the park. Um, so they joined in April and yeah, they've just, it's like a hand in a glove. 
their their management and their leadership and the way that the team have taken to their the way that they do things and it's it's been beyond a dream actually and I do wake up and pinch myself and I'm like oh my god has all this actually really just happened in just the last few months you know just just a quick question about that because I mean I I know we've interviewed people who sold the businesses and stuff what was that mental shift like from Kendall Bailey being your baby then all of a sudden you went you know what I'm just going to sell it was it was it hard was it instant was it were you thinking about for a while that's a really good question. So I, I'd never thought of it. Just hadn't. I knew I wouldn't be doing rent to rent when yeah. I was sixty, but I also hadn't imagined what point I'd tap out. Yeah. So I think once I'd had the business valued, and I had someone say to me, "Oh, I've got someone really interested in buying it." Once that reality hit, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm about to sell my first company." That was it then. It, the excitement, enthusiasm for the process was off the charts, and it was just a—it was such a quick process in ways, you know. I was very lucky that my list was fulfilled, um, because the team were by far the most important part of the entire process for yeah. me. So I did say to um, a couple of the people I was working with on the sale, you know, if if someone wants to change up the team or something like that, it's a no go, because these these women are amazing and they've given such commitment, especially through COVID. I wouldn't do that to them. Um, Plus I'd spent years building it as an entity that the new owners could be hands-free pretty much as well. So it wouldn't make sense to pull it apart. So once the process got started, it was, yeah, it was, there were moments where they'd say to me, remind me why you're selling again. And I'd really? think, I think, Kat, remind yourself why you're selling again. Because <laughs> it's in the moments where you're explaining how well it works and how profitable it is and how great the team are. And you think to yourself, hold on a minute. Why oh, am I saying yeah. yeah, but the decision was made and it, it was done. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> how, how were you? Because you've worked in, I think you had a three-month crossover period was was has and you're coming to the end of that which is great has that been tough or has it been brilliant because they sound like a really great couple and they respect your team and if they've hit your list then they must be pretty decent people so has it been they're phenomenal people I love them dearly already we've got two weeks left of the three-month handover period and it has been it's been one of the most grounding fulfilling experiences that I've had, um, aside from writing systems. Um, Kimberly uh, comes from a a wonderful background. She's an amazing lady. And so she brought things to the table straight off the bat. Um, So one of her first requests was, let's meet all of the landlords. And And there was a moment where I had to say, oh, I haven't met like 75% of the landlords because it's been hands-free. So going into all of these landlord meetings, it was, I was introducing Kimberly, but at the same time I was introducing myself. (laughs) So um, we had this, Kimberly brought this beautiful um, method of testimonials where she would um, record on her telephone and ask five really powerful questions. And one of the questions was, you know, what have you most loved? What do you most love about working with Kendall Bailey and JP? I just, I had goosebumps. I was in such disbelief at what they were saying because I'd never asked. 
and they was and they replied with the textbook dream answer I would have wished they'd have said like oh I forgot I had the property or yeah. oh my god it's just the money lands every month and we don't have to do anything you know and I'm trying to like sit there and be sensible just gushing, like, beaming. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a really beautiful experience because we got to start building those relationships which is something that's really important to Kimberly but also at the same time here in real time how much they truly love what Kendall Bailey do for them and for their properties. Um, the staff have been gifted new responsibilities and their and their knowledge and confidence and everything. I've just seen it go through the roof. It's been such a blessing to watch. They're on fire, absolute fire. Do you know what was great? And I'm not just saying this because I'm interviewing you. I love the fact that, that you've sold your business You've worked really hard in the, the the three months, and you're happy that about the changes that the the couple have made. Yeah. There'd be a lot of agency owners who, after working that handover period, would be talking derogatory about them and wouldn't be happy that they've made changes, regardless of if it affects in a positive manner the 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 staff or not. It's really interesting to see that you're absolutely go guys. You know, you just want the team to succeed, them to succeed, and the business succeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I think this was one of the things that this was one of the things that I learned actually during the process of systemization. And it was a, a really uncomfortable lesson for me. Mm. <laughs> and it was realizing that there are a lot of people out there that will do things a lot better than I can. There are a lot of people out there better, smarter, more, more kind of experience in certain aspects and I think letting go of the incredibly limiting belief that I had to be the smartest person in the business otherwise no one would respect me mm. I had to constantly be in control otherwise things might fall apart when I learned to completely let go and let people make the mistake and then correct it or you know let people do it the way they wanted to do it even though I thought my way was best and I'd be like oh I want to tell them no but do this just letting them do it and then witnessing oh my god yeah they've done it better and and not feeling like not letting my ego get hit and being like no this is this is how a powerful team works yeah um, it was that, I think, that lesson that enabled me to go, oh, hell yeah, the best team in the world is when most of them are better than me at most of the stuff. <laughs> that's yeah. when we're truly winning, you know. Yeah. And that's, and that's, um, that's been the case with the, with the new buyers and with the team with certain, you know, bits and pieces. So it's come together beautifully. Um, and I also feel very blessed that they chose to keep the brand as well. Um, because I didn't obviously know if they would or if they wouldn't, but it's been a brand for 10 years and, and you know, landlords and agents know who we are. So fingers crossed in 10 or 20 years time, I'll be able to look and be like, oh. Uh, that's mine, yeah, or was yeah. mine. Yeah. Grandma started that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so what does the future hold for you then, where, you, where you're off to? Because you, we were talking off air, you're going to do a little bit of travelling and... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited. I, I haven't been away since November 2019, because it was first of all getting through COVID and then the, the sale of the company all in all has been about a year long process. 
Um, so I'm off for a couple of weeks to lay on a beach, which right. everybody in my life's like, yes, Kat, go. <laughs> you really deserve this holiday. Um, and then I think probably around September, October time, we're going to head out to Dubai um, and spend some time there and just just travel around and see where we might like to live. I'm very lucky because my fiance also has a business um, that can be run from anywhere. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, so we're off and we may not be back. <laughs> uh, it's great because you can both run your businesses online. You can travel where you want. You haven't got anything holding you back to here. I mean, you can just, you know, live yeah. your life and do what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, you know, even though I've had this this consultancy period for the three months, I'm, you know, I'll all, my heart will always be in Kendall Bailey. Yeah. If there's anything that's ever needed or anything like that, I'll always be around. I'm just so excited for the team and the buyers to see where they go. You know, they signed their, one of their first deals last week, but then all of a sudden they've had this, this kind of flurry. And I think there's I think there's like three or four things on the table right now. So it's it's taking off and, yeah, they're doing a great job. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, it sounds as though you've done an amazing job building up such a great business for them to take on and take to that next level. So absolute massive congratulations for that. Um, I just want to say, Kat, been working with you for a number of years now. It's been an absolute pleasure. One of the best students I've ever had. I always use you as a shining example of how you can systemise a business in 90 days or less and no matter what you do I know you're going to be a great success so just want to say thank you so much for uh, entrusting me with uh, working with you and uh, well done on all your success. Thank you JP I would also love to take a moment to say that I can't I can't imagine where I'd be without you as my mentor but it certainly wouldn't be here the systemization you know having the company hands-free that so that I could go off beforehand and have lived in Dubai and you know traveled about the place and things like that have built the team the systems had the amazing manager that I had for years um and now you know having gone through the sale process with your support it it's been invaluable so thank you for being freaking amazing <laughs> oh, I appreciate that thanks so much so guys thank you so much for watching and I hope you've enjoyed the episode and see you next time on Leadership Revealed